This just in, in today's news, a man got swallowed by a fish, a snake and a donkey talked, a woman turned to salt, and a thunderstorm produced flash flooding that is now threatening to produce water higher than the tallest mountain peaks on Earth, tonight at 11. Welcome to the Think Podcast, the show that helps you lead your family in defending the Christian message. It's the ThinkPod 12 Days of Christmas, 12 current cultural challenges answered with timeless biblical truth by me and some of my friends. For more content like this, be sure to follow all our guest hosts and join the Think Squad group on Facebook, Gab, and Signal. So Merry Christmas from the Think Institute and Happy 2022. All right. Well, clearly I did not miss my calling as a news anchor, but those stories that I just cited are real stories found in the Bible that oftentimes skeptics will point to as examples of fairy tales or stories so absurd, supposedly, that they couldn't possibly be true and are just evidence or even hardcore truth that the Bible is nothing more than a book of fairy tales crazy stories not worth believing stories that that truly beggar belief and the um the better angels of our uh rationality the 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 better deliverances of our of our reason and i want to just acknowledge something up front the story of jonah being swallowed by a fish the story of balaam's donkey speaking to him or adam and eve being spoken to by a serpent in a garden. The story of Lot's wife being turned into a pillar of salt and the story of the flood uh, covering the highest mountains with water. And then also there's, of course, the uh, attendant fact that Noah received all the animals two by two, some of the animals seven by seven. You know, all of this does seem to fly in the face of our modern sensibilities, our post-enlightenment rationalist or or at least rationalistic sensibilities. So we hear these stories and we might be tempted to say, hmm, our skeptical friend may have a point. Are these just story tales? Are they kind of like Rudyard Kipling's just so stories? They're fanciful stories involving animals to illustrate a moral point, but really nothing beyond that. They're not meant to be taken as history. And, you know, for many of us, this can lead to some embarrassment if we don't know how to respond to this. Maybe your kids have asked you this question. Hey, did a man really get swallowed by a fish or a whale or a sea monster? Uh, depending on your translation and how you interpret the, the, the word there. And if you don't know how to respond, whether it's to your kids, your coworkers, your fan, family members, friends, etc., you yourself might be tempted to disbelieve what the Bible says, or you might come away thinking that God was telling you a fairy story, a myth, a fanciful tale not meant to be believed, and you might miss something very true, and you might miss what's actually the heart of the Bible message, the true myth at the heart of the Bible message. I'm going to explain what that phrase means, the true myth, in just a minute. But first, Let's examine the claim that the Bible is a book of fairy tales on its own merits. Let's see if this argument really has a leg to stand on. So, 
first of all, what I did here in order to answer this question was I took it to the Think Squad. I went to the Think Squad group on Signal and I got a couple of responses from members of the Think Squad. And you're going to hear from them in a few minutes. You're going to hear what they had to say. And the first response is from Jay Wise, uh, a brother that I go back and forth with quite a bit, whether it's uh, on Facebook or in the Signal group. And he, Jay and I have been sort of loosely affiliated even back from the conversations from the Porch Days, which was a New Covenant Theology podcast that uh, I was a part of years ago. But Jay asks this question, and I think it's a good one. What's wrong with fairy tales in a world based off chance? I think that's actually a very good question because the implication of the objection is the Bible's filled with fairy tales and therefore this is a bad thing. You know, fairy tales aren't to be believed. Fairy tales are bad. They fly in the face of rationalist reality, the reality that we know how it exists. But here's the thing, those same skeptics who want to accuse the Bible of being irrational and filled with fairy tales, don't they often also believe in a Darwinist or neo-Darwinist scheme of history where everything started with a big bang spontaneously, nothing gave rise to everything, and then that nothing eventually coalesced into planets and galaxies, one of those planets at least, maybe more, eventually uh, through a series of uh, magical thunderstorms, eventually developed a single-celled protoplasmic organism, which then yada, 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 it grew legs, climbed out of the sea, and became you and me. We're talking about fish to philosopher, goo to you, molecule to man, evolution. And this is the person who has a problem with fairy fairy tales. I mean, think about it. There's nothing in the scheme of an unbelieving worldview that would make anything in the Bible seem absurd. Not, not only do they believe in absurd things themselves, at least I think they're I think they're absurd. I think that, well, we'll, we'll get to that um, as as to why what the Bible says is far less absurd. But There's nothing in the unbelieving framework, as far as I can see, that gives a basis for judging what's absurd and what's not. See, for something to be absurd or or simply unbelievable, there has to be a standard of reasonability, believability. And an atheistic scheme, a godless view of the world, gives no such standard. If there is no God that dictates the way the world is, will continue to be, should be, must be, and the world truly is governed by chance, then what's wrong with fairy tales? I'm not saying the Bible is filled with fairy tales. I'm saying, what's wrong with fairy tales? Does the unbelieving worldview and the person who is putting forward this worldview have a basis for thinking that it's wrong to believe in fairy tales? Now, again, I'm not saying the Bible is filled with fairy tales. And I'm not saying that because the unbeliever is uh, has no standard for condemning fairy tales that 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 says anything about evolution. I'm just I put forward the evolution idea because that's at least as absurd on the face of it as anything in the Bible. And I, I think, given any kind of scrutiny, at least the, what the Bible has going for it is the miracles of the Bible, which we will talk about in just a minute at least have an all-powerful God behind them. At least in the story, there's a good explanation for how these things happened. 
But in a godless universe governed by chance, there's no reason that anything would happen. And there's no reason why anything has happened. So the unbelieving worldview does not give a basis for having any kind of standard of believability, rationality, by which we could point at any story at all and say, ha, that story is no good. But this story over here, this is good. And so, you know, maybe this is coming from some sort of nominal Christian, some sort of cultural Christian who, maybe like a liberal Christian who says, well, we can take the good things from the Bible and we can discard those things. We can throw away those things that clearly fly in the face of rationality. But then, but then think about what's required there. That kind of, that's not exactly an atheistic evolutionist worldview, although this person may believe in evolution. But what, what we're talking about now is now you've got a scenario where God inspired the Bible, if you believe that, Mr. Nominal Christian, but couldn't speak clearly enough to delineate when he was speaking metaphorically and when he wasn't. And so here you've got a God in this worldview who is so incompetent that he can't even uh, tell one genre from another. And so you've got historical stories mixed right on in with these outlandish, supposedly, fairy tales. Well, that to me is very absurd. Why, why would you believe in a God who's all-powerful, who's the greatest communicator, who's the inve- literally the inventor of language and logic, who can't speak clearly and logically, the originator of literature, and he can't even tell one genre from another? No, I find that, I find that unbelievable. And I find that inconsistent, even within its own system of, you know, a sort of nominal Christianity. And someone might say, well, but what if we don't choose a worldview? What if we just say we need to judge these systems, these stories rather by science? Well, what what are the conditions that make science possible? And where did science come from? Again, if you take God out of the equation, do you get the conditions that make science possible? For example, there has to be a uniformity and a regularity in the created world, in, if you don't like me using that phrase, in the cosmos, the world. There has to be uniformity, consistency, regularity in order to think that the scientific method produces results that can be repeatable. We have to be able to repeat the experiments. Well, why would you think that a universe is uniform without God? Well, because it's always been uniform in the past, but that's just the past. Not only that, but why would you think that the past is accessible? You can't perform a scientific experiment and and tell what happened in the past. The past is beyond the reach of science. So there are other things at play here. There are assumptions that are being made, that are being intuited somehow, that are being believed, contrary or at least in the absence of any kind of scientific experimentation. Inductive reasoning is necessary for science. You know, we we have to be able to uh, reason conclusions, come to conclusions about the entire world based on a limited sample, a limited sample size. This is how polls work when we take a poll, when Barna does research, when the Pew Research Fund Foundation does research. You take a small sample and then you extrapolate that out and you come to conclusions based on the whole. But why would you think that you can perform inductive reasoning in the world if God is not there holding it together, making sure that there's consistency, uniformity, regularity. And then just to think about where science came from, science itself comes out of the scientific revolution, which, sorry to break it to you, 
was a result of Christians thinking Christianly, operating based on Christian principles. So, to answer Jay Wise's question, what's wrong with fairy tales in a world based off chance? Nothing. The objection falls apart. But now, let's turn and let's look internally at the Bible and see if it really is filled with these sort of outlandish stories that beggar belief that we don't have a good reason for believing. I already hinted at the fact that we don't have such a reason, but let's let's look and let's actually look at the Bible. Let's take these stories and let's let's examine them briefly. So in the book of Genesis, it says that a snake talked. Okay, that's interesting. In the book of Jonah, it says that a, a giant fish or sea creature of some kind swallowed a man whole, and then three days later, he was vomited up and he was alive. He was fine. Uh, and and uh, uh, in the book of Joshua, is it Joshua? The book, hmm, no, I have to look that up where it says that Balaam, Balaam's donkey, spoke to him. Well, that's a very interesting story. Uh, is that is that possible? In the book of Genesis, it talks about a flood that was um, that covered the highest mountains. It went to the it went to the it went higher than the highest peaks. Okay, it was the book of Numbers where Balaam and his donkey are, and then. Um, in uh, in the book of Genesis, it talks about Sodom and Gomorrah being utterly destroyed, and Lot's wife, a man named Lot, his wife looked back, and she was turned into a pillar of salt. So why do I, as a Christian, believe these stories? Why should any Christian who believes in the Bible, why should we believe these stories? Why aren't these just fairy tales? Well, First of all, you have to understand what a fairy tale is. A fairy tale presents a world that is filled with magic. And even think about, you know, fairies. Fairies are these little autonomous little creatures that that flit around and they have they sort of possess this magic in and of themselves. Like like Tinkerbell in Peter Pan. She has fairy dust and she can fly and it's this magical thing and uh, and, and but there's no absolute almighty power at work. The magic is sort of ingrained into the universe and things just sort of happen magically. Actually, it's a lot, fairy tales are a lot more like the molecules to man, fish to philosopher, neo-Darwinian evolutionist scheme where things just sort of happen and the magic is all ingrained in the system rather than what the Bible says, which which is that there is an almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnibenevolent, so all-loving and all-good creator who is sustaining the universe and is causing things to happen the way he wants them to happen, and who, by and large, exhibits the kind of faithfulness and regularity that we associate with science and the possibility of science. See, in the Bible, most people don't realize this, but we think about these outlandish, supposedly, stories, and we say, well, you know, miracles were happening all the time in the Bible. That's not true. The vast majority of people in Scripture never witnessed what we would consider to be a miracle unless you consider it a miracle that the sun rises every day, which for me, that's pretty amazing. I know that there are scientific explanations as to why it happens. I still think it's incredible. I think it's amazing that it continues to happen. But in the Bible, can we write off these stories that we don't like, that that that, that sort of fly in the face of our our sensibilities? Can we write these off as 
myth, as, as, as false, as fairy tales? Well, no, we can't because they're presented as history. They're woven into the warp and woof of scripture. They're not standalone stories. Even the story of Jonah deals with real people in real time, real places. We're not talking about some faraway mythical kingdom. We're talking about the kingdom of Nineveh, the city of Nineveh, a real place that really existed. Sodom, Gomorrah, these are real cities that actually existed. Even when describing the Garden of Eden, where the snake talked, the the Bible gives a geographic location. It was clearly, it was apparently on, on a hilltop, a, a mountaintop, and it was at the confluence of four different rivers. So it gives geographic details. Now, the, those details changed after the flood, which, by the way, the, even the flood narrative gives geographic details. It says that the, the ark rested on the mountains of Ararat. Well, Ararat is a real place you can go and visit today. So we're talking about real stories ingrained into the historical narrative of the Bible and describing real geographic places you can actually visit. The the Bible is presented not as myth, but as history. And when Jesus tells a parable, first of all, I think a lot of those parables are true, maybe all of them, but it clearly is 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 set apart as a parable. It's not woven into the narrative as if you're supposed to believe it. So there are times when there are set standalone stories, but the, none of the stories that I've shared with you have that attribute of being standalone stories. Now, speaking of Jesus, Jesus is the real reason, the big reason why I believe all these stories. See, Jesus corroborates the stories and expects that his audience— both his audience then and his audience now, us, you and me, would believe these stories and take them as truth. Jesus corroborates the story of Jonah in Matthew 12, 41. He talked about the people of Nineveh who should have who listened to Jonah. It's the story of Jonah. God talks about Adam and Eve being created, male and female, by God directly, through, through a direct act of special creation in Matthew 19, 4 through 6. And you say, well, that doesn't talk about a talking snake. No, but Jesus is referencing the story as a historical event that actually happened. And God creating a man out of the dust and a woman out of a rib is easily as fairy tale ish as a talking snake. I don't see how you, what standard you could use to say one is more fairy tale ish than the other. And Jesus expects you to believe the one is history. It makes sense. It stands to reason that the other one is historical as well, because it's, again, it's embedded in the historical narrative. What about the story of Balaam and his donkey? Well, Jesus cites Balaam as a historical figure in Revelation 2.14. He refers to Jesus, to Jesus refers to Balaam as a false teacher, which Balaam was. He, he, uh, he, he introduced temptation to cause the Israelites to sin. And at no point does Jesus mark off that story, the the part of the story where Balaam's donkey talked as some sort of false tale. For him, Balaam and his whole story was historical. The flood is referenced in Matthew 24, 37 as historical, as coming upon the people suddenly. And the story of Lot is referenced by Jesus in Luke 17, 28 and 30. And so these are historical stories that Jesus expects you to view as historical. 
And you might say, yeah, but they still fly in the face of science. Well, remember those principles that we said are necessary for science, uniformity and regularity in nature. The Bible says that God upholds all things. Actually, that Christ Jesus himself upholds the universe by the might of his word, by the power of his word. What about inductive reasoning? You know, we can test things. We can tell what's true. We can come to true conclusions. Well, the Bible is full of instructions for God's people to test things, to find the truth. First Thessalonians 5.21 tells us to test everything and to hold fast to what is good. We're supposed to use our reasoning. We're supposed to test the evidence and come to true conclusions, things that are good. And you know, uh, someone else from the Think Squad, Chris Crutchley, points something out. He, he said that the Bible is actually against fairy tales. In 1 Timothy 4.7, it says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. So we look at the Bible, we don't see irreverent, silly myths. We see admonitions against believing irrelevant or irreverent, silly myths. You know, going back again to inductive reasoning, we can look at Proverbs and we can look at the instructions in the Proverbs to go to the ant, to gain instruction from the ant. I don't mean talk to an ant, I mean observe the ant and see the principle that the ant stores food for the for uh, the winter, so to speak. And, and we can extrapolate from that principle that it's good to save. What is that? That's taking a small sample size and coming up with a true conclusion. And that's exactly what the Bible is, is uh, what the Bible has in it. The Bible has true stories, true principles. And as Chris Crutchley pointed out, the Bible is anti-fairy tale, anti-myth. We are to have nothing to do with them. Now, there is a sense in which the Bible is a myth, so to speak. But as C.S. Lewis points out, pointed out, the Bible is a true myth. Now, C.S. Lewis had an interesting view of myths. He saw them as God expressing truth through the mind of a writer. But the gospel was God expressing himself through what we call true things. See, the, the gospel that Jesus Christ died for sinners, was buried, rose again, and now reigns from heaven and gives eternal life to everyone who trusts in him. Although the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a story that is true. It's a true myth. And that is the story that's woven throughout the entire Bible. It's a story that begins in Genesis, even before Adam and Eve, and ends in Revelation, which we cited earlier. The whole story is encompassed in the Word of God. That is the message of Scripture. It's better to view it as a whole worldview, a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end, starting with creation, progressing into fall, the fall of man, the fall into sin, redemption, the redemption that Jesus Christ accomplished for us, and in the, in the near future, the consummation, the coming together of heaven and earth, and the redemption of all things, and ultimately the punishment of of sin, of Satan, and those who have aligned themselves with Satan. Now, according to the Bible, there's only two sides in this cosmic battle, in this cosmically true myth, the side of Jesus 
and the side of Satan. The question is, which side are you on? And I would urge you to repent of your sins and trust in Jesus Christ and let him give you new life and bring you over to his side. So is the Bible a book of fairy tales, a book of fairy stories, of silly, irreverent myths? No, far from it. Look, fairy tales are great. They teach good morals oftentimes. Some of them are super creepy, like those old German ones, the the Grimm's brothers. Uh, Those ones are terrifying. But guess what? There's a lot that's terrifying in the Bible. The difference is that the Bible is, is the revelation, the true speech, the true myth of an almighty God who loves us, who wants his people to be with him forever and is inviting you and through you to your discussion partners to join the greatest journey, the greatest story, the story of God's true story, the gospel today. Okay, that about wraps it up for this episode. The Think Podcast is a production of the Think Institute and is produced by yours truly, Joel Sedecase. The Think Institute operates under Church Movements, a ministry of Crew under the division of Crew City. To learn about how to support the Think Institute and my family tax-free, go to thethink.institute slash partner. I hope you heard something helpful today. I know I did. Remember, this is not goodbye. This has just been a short stop on the journey as we learn to lead our families in defending the Christian message. And we'll see you next time. Until then, I hope it made you think.